You're listening to the Silken Community Podcast. Your favorite source for gaming, film, and internet debate starts now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soken Podcast. I'm your host, T, and with me are Jace and Leo. I'm Jace Drayson. There wasn't near enough vibrato on your uh. Now you do me. <laughs> we can't say curses on this. Hey. <laughs> no. Well, glad to have both of you guys back, and this episode is bound to make people hungry. So, speaking of hungry, have you guys been craving anything recently? Um, my standard answer all the time is I'm always craving Skittles. I just do. However, um, with <laughs> with uh, with the lockdown or whatever we're in now, I don't even know what phase we're in at this point, I've been trying and succeeding at not eating out, and there is really no way to create authentic Mexican food at home if you're a white boy like me. So I am craving some real Mexican food. I have been craving some of those ranch potatoes I talked about on our um, Thanksgiving episode. Mm. But short of that, the truth is my my biggest challenge during this particular um, pandemic not that I have been through another one, but this particular one have been like the just bored 9 p.m. You know, moments where my stomach just tells me I'm starving. It's been so tough for me to not just raid the fridge or the cupboard. Sometimes I've succeeded and sometimes I've failed. It's hibernation time. That means we eat, right? Yeah. that's. But you know, failure is how you learn. So, <laughs> thanks, Jace. All right. This week, we'll be discussing the upcoming Assassin's Creed title Valhalla, Steve Carell's new show Space Force, and some quarantine snack and meal submissions from our listeners. Let's chat out. Last week, Ubisoft released a teaser trailer for the new Assassin's Creed title, Valhalla. It's the 12th game in the Prime series, not including any mini-games, mobile, or side games. Uh, but this is one of the ones that's been long-running enough that the questions come up of, should we keep going with this, or should this series have ended by now? Unless it is Ubisoft's top-selling series, so we could be playing more Assassin's Creed games for generations to come. The series has evolved a lot over the years. We've moved from a strong focus on aligning to historical fact to sometimes taking a more fantastical dive into mythos and world building. Do you think that the older, more historical games were better? Or do you like the new wave of fantasy and sci-fi mix? And do you think it's been more interesting since diverging from historical accuracy? Girl, what do you think? I have to say this. I got me a Pegasus in Odyssey, and I don't think that's historically <laughs> accurate. But I love having my Pegasus to ride around on in Odyssey. So I'm all for making it more fantastical and and wild and a, a little more mythical than, than the original historical series. And the original series, from what I understand, um, I, I did play the original Assassin's Creed. I liked it, but it didn't necessarily pull me in. I touched on a assassin's creed game here and there until odyssey which completely drew me in 
but um, no, I'm 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 all for it going crazy. I, I don't I don't need a history lesson in a video game. I'm I'm here for the lulls. So, I I don't I don't know. I I have a little bit of a mixed opinion on it. I I liked the historical accuracy. In fact, in games that I play that have a historical accuracy, I really appreciate that about them because the truth is I'm I'm not a history buff. And I'm not the kind of person who like to read it or watch it, you know, just to learn about history. It It's not something that, you know, is my thing. But if I can get it while playing a game and being entertained, that to me is a double win. If the game is fun and historically accurate, to me, that's, I'm, I'm not only having fun, I'm learning. And I dig that. Um, but the truth is, this is the 12th game in this series. And good gravy, you have to change it up. I, I do think you have to um, somehow evolve the series, and making it more fantastical is probably the right way to go. I'm not saying I listened to Hamilton on repeat to study for my U.S. history exam, but I listened to <laughs> Hamilton on repeat to study for my U.S. history exam. I love Hamilton. There you go. So, the games used to be an action-adventure style series with huge emphasis on stealth. But in the last couple of titles, they've shifted their gameplay style away from that and to something more resembling an RPG, which has given them mixed feedback from fans. Do you guys think that changing the gameplay of the series was a good decision after establishing such a specific brand? I'm biased. Um, anyone who has sat with me in voice while I have tried to play stealth games, or at least stealth missions in Elder Scrolls, for instance, there's a Thieves Guild line that... Um, you, you have you have to kind of sneak around and do stuff and there's missions in the assassins guild uh, the assassins brotherhood or what it's called dark brotherhood you have to sneak around and kill people and if you get caught you know you have to stay out of the light and this that and the other i am well known for being in voice and just cussing up a storm because i always get caught i always do because i don't have the patience to wait and i think ah eh, they're far enough away eh, i can make it to that person before they get here eh, they'll probably stay turned around a little bit too long so i don't love stealth games it's not my bag baby I'm very in love with RPGs, however, so this turn from stealth gameplay to roleplay game really is what has pulled me back into the Assassin's Creed universe. Yeah, uh, let me um, let me raise my hand as a person who's been in voice with you, Jace, while you have struggled <laughs> with the stealth elements of the Thieves Guild uh, and the Dark Brotherhood. It's it's really entertaining on this side. I'm, I'm not honest. good at it. I'm genuinely not good at it. Um, I'm a person who tends to like that. Um, but at the same time, I also really like RPGs. If if there's a good blend of the two, I can get a stealth game that has RPG elements to it. That's kind of the perfect mix for me. Um, the series moving, and full disclosure, I really only ever played the first Assassin's Creed game. Um, and then I became a PC elitist, and I didn't want anything to do with console peasantry, so I stopped um, playing them. So as far as the progression from stealth game to RPG, eh, you know, I, I, I really don't have any first-hand experience. It's just the stuff that I've seen online, the videos I've watched, and um, other players either critiquing or complimenting it. It does seem like it's been a good change, so I can't I can't argue against it, other than to say i really dig stealth jace be damned oh 
Ever since they changed gameplay style, the Assassin's Creed series has also shifted away from being as direct with the war between the Assassins and Templars. While modern day aspects of the game do still rely on the subtleties of this ongoing shadow war, the majority of the games are now taking place in pre-Creed eras. Do you think they're hurting their brand by going so far back in the lineage? No, I, I, I really don't. I, I think it is actually a very smart strategy with, with a game that is now in its 12th iteration. I mean, it's akin to a lot of other series that just continue releasing the same thing year after year after year. Assassin's Creed has been previously criticized to just releasing the same thing with a new skin. This is different. They do seem to be trying to branch out in another, in another direction. Odyssey was um, kind of magical uh, in in its design, uh, where you could, you know, you could call spectral assassins to you know take out someone. Um, like clearly magic stuff that just wasn't a part of previous um, Assassin's Creed games. This one, I think, going in that same direction, using mythologies and actually, um, you know, getting away from historical accuracy and saying things like Medusa's real and Minotaurs are real and, oh, Odin is actually helping out these peace-loving <laughs> Vikings, <laughs> which, uh, whatever. <laughs> but the, the whole idea of this, like, mythos is an interesting concept, and I think it's going to get him... Uh, more sales um i i do agree that it's going to get more sales but i also this is a criticism that i can i can see where they're coming from because especially the first game first games the the original especially the trilogy around altair were very focused on that templar assassins uh war secret war um they try to put elements of it into these later games origins and, and odyssey but it really it, it's not the same and it's obvious it's not the same it's still political there's still the you know the cult that has this similar agenda um to the templar but it's not the same and it's clearly not the same i it, you you really can make an argument that, that it's <laughs> it's a different game just with the assassin's creed skin on top of it there's there's no really way around that because I think there's so much of the original game and original games was about that tapping into your ancestor to be part of this specific war. I will be frank with you in Odyssey, you know, going out of the animus was few and far between. And when you were out of it, it was annoying. You just wanted to get back to the Odyssey gameplay. It would have probably not sold well if they just would have made a game that was an odyssey in greece that wasn't assassin's creed related even if it was the exact same game but they really didn't try terribly hard to pull in the full assassin's creed experience there was probably 10 minutes if even out of an 80 hour game or more of going into the present with layla and, and, and i mean and it wasn't even real engaging gameplay which is kind of like swim through this cave and walk over here and then okay now we're back to back to the ancient greece times which i preferred because i wasn't into the present day story at all let's talk a bit about that mythology being mixed in and especially with the norse that are going to be established in the game we've seen some of the roman gods and other things before in assassin's creed with the uh, juno for example as being the one that comes to mind first some are claiming that with a Norse mythology to that, that they're trying to ride the coattails of the God of War series newfound popularity after they jumped into Norse mythology. 
Do you guys agree, or do you think that this was always a place the series was headed? Well, how many places can you go, really? There, there are a set number of genres. If you're a genre-jumping game, like Assassin's Creed is, you know, we've done Pirates, we've done Revolution War, we've done Ancient Egypt, we've done Ancient Greece, now, like, we've really run the gamut. At some point, you are going to have to run across this. I think that it's inevitable. Um, and, you know, God of War didn't doesn't own that genre. That genre exists outside of, you know, there's there's Thor in the MCU, for goodness sake. There's Vikings television shows that are very popular. It's not it's not owned by God of War. No, not owned by God of War, but I do think the God of War's popularity certainly had an influence. Um, there is an entire world of cultures to explore um, and mythologies abound across not just various western cultures we're more familiar with even to go into eastern cultures and a number of the um, mythologies and um, religious elements that have existed across time i i do think it played a part um <clears throat> there's there's no mistaking that there's a certain cultural popularity right now with viking culture there's a tv show that's crazy popular um, that is also equally uh, historically inaccurate about um, Vikings, uh, but it it's um, it it just is kind of the zeitgeist right now. It's like the same popularity zombies used to have. There was you know a bunch of years where zombies were just the it thing. I think um, Vikings are the it thing right now, um, and they're they're capitalizing on. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but I do absolutely think they've copied gone of war and their popularity counterpoint what if they're just following rick riordan in the percy jackson series and its expansion <laughs> maybe well they could <laughs> you never know Assassin's Creed Valhalla is set to release in the holiday season of 2020. No official date has been given yet, but we expect it'll be sometime around just before Christmas to get in those good sales. We'll see if Ubisoft's strategy of taking more time on their games will pay off. Until then, nothing is true, but everything is permitted. In 2018, the president announced the creation of Space Force, a new branch of the United States military that would deal with, quote, defending satellites from attack and performing other space-related tasks, end quote, or something. Not long after, Steve Carell and company got with Netflix to create a comedy series of the same name revolving around what it must be like to be a part of that branch of the military. Not a lot of info has been given on what that series is going to be like, but from leaked plot details, set photos, and of course people talking to the stars and crew, people are making claims that it's going to be very similar to The Office or to Parks and Rec. Do you guys think that we need another workforce mockumentary series in our lives? I I don't know. I, I find The Office funny. Um, I find Parks and Rec funny, but they're not like binge-worthy funny for me. I, I don't know. The, the truth is... Uh, this seems a, a weird subject to be this kind of like workforce documentary. It's almost like a TV show based on 
the movie Stripes uh, that made fun of the army. Like, I get making fun of, you know, whatever you want to make fun of. Um, but I, I think, <laughs> I don't know. While this has been, the, the idea of Space Force has been mocked as something that sounds ridiculous. It, it isn't ridiculous to me at all. Um, it, it really is a whole new, you know, level of warfare that does absolutely need to be considered and controlled. And the idea that we're mocking it just seems, I don't know, it seems really silly to me. Holy moly, do I finally get to say, Leo, you're a snowflake. <laughs> you are offended, and I am flabbergasted. <laughs> we have found your kryptonite. I'm like, how dare you? <laughs> I'm all for it. No one is so rich as to turn away another mockumentary series. Um, I, I loved Parks and Rec. Love, 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 love. And... I think Steve Carell's great. I'm I'm looking forward to see how they can make us laugh with it. I don't think any any subject is necessarily off limits when it's when we're talking about comedy. I have a tendency probably to allow too much, even in my own personal dark humor world. But um, you know, I think if it's funny, it's game. And I, why if corporate America can take one on the nose, there's no reason why any other place shouldn't take it on the nose. A lot well, I, of like humor that. That it is at the expense of the LGBT plus community. I laugh my butt off at, even though I know it's either stereotypical or kind of it, it boxes people in. It probably isn't super healthy for my community, but I still think it's hilarious. I don't disagree. I don't think anything is um, should be safe from mockery. I do think this is born of a weird like. I, I think it's actually just the name of the sixth branch of the military being space force it's too on the nose it makes people cringe they're like really what are you gonna do in space like a lot a lot a lot <laughs> there's a whole lot that needs to be done in space um you know even gps was a military initiative uh founded by the military now it's a huge part of our our economy like i don't know i i find the idea of mocking this kind of stuff uh, yeah, if you can do it in a way that's funny, for sure. But corporate America, like, knows it's dumb. I don't know. I don't find Space Force as a concept dumb. It's a dumb name. They should have called it, like, Orbital well, Rangers. If they yeah, were, yeah, no, it Orbital you're, you're Rangers, it's a dumb name. it would be a different world. Turns out The Office is about to drop off of Netflix. So do you think that the release of Space Force is perfectly planned or lucky timing? serendipitous i think it's just serendipitous personally i think <laughs> i think netflix is about to lose a huge binge worthy show um like the, i hear so many people talk about how they just can't wait to watch more of the office like the office to a lot of people is like friends for jace like yeah the the, the idea of like just pulling up an old show and watching it and laughing it's not good for for me personally like i'll watch it if i see it and i don't have anything else i want to watch but um for a, a lot of people it's a binge worthy show so it keeps people on netflix and i think steve carell is at least 75 percent of that he is such a funny guy um 
him doing another show i think is it it's a good call um and i and i do think it it has a little bit to do with the office leaving i think it's lucky i think it's just lucky timing it it is i, I mean i'll just stick with my first word serendipitous Greg Daniels, who was a writer and co-creator of The Office, is returning as the creator of Space Force. A majority of the writers are Office alums, and of Steve Carell is playing the leading man. With other big names like John Malkovich, Ben Schwartz, and Diana Silvers confirmed on the project, do you think this show is destined for Office levels of popularity? I hope so, if, if, if it's done well. Um, it, the truth is you really can make fun of anything. You know, I brought Stripes up as an example of a movie I, I thought was really well done. It it did a great job of lampooning some of the nonsense of uh, of the military. If it can do that well, it's great. If they're just like, oh, oh, oh Space Force, dumb name, Orange Man, bad. Like, eh, that's less funny for me. And I hope they do better. Um, I think I agree, but not necessarily along the same lines. I have a a concern of trying to recreate any art um and i feel like if you if you bring a bunch of people who worked on the office if you bring back the star from the office and you're putting it on the air when office is going off and it's the same style as office you you've set yourself up in a very weird place and it damn well better be good because otherwise people are just what the the critique is going to be mm, not as good as the office Rather than, yeah. oh, they've created a good new show that I, I can laugh at and think is good. But they're really, it's a risk to me to, to make it so birthed from the DNA of The Office. Um, because if it's not, to, and it's not going to be, let's be honest, Office wasn't what it was at the end when they first started it. Shows take, take time to develop. Um, I think they run the risk of running people off of, of saying, mm, I watched one, but it wasn't as funny as The Office. It just doesn't do it for me. I I agree. I, I really hope that the folks who are involved, they, they all seem to be honestly very, very creative people. Um, and I, I'm hoping they are intending to make this a, a new initiative as opposed to Office 2.0, because that is destined to fail. Well, Jace, you've openly expressed to us you dislike The Office because of its cringe humor and sometimes negative portrayals of people, such as some of the bullying tactics that different characters employed. Do you think that this series is going to have some of those same problems that turned you off from The Office? So let me start by saying I, I probably have given The Office not a fair enough shake. I have made it probably six to eight episodes in ever, anytime I've tried to watch the program. And it is, as you say, that the... the, the I, I I don't like to feel cringe because I, I'm empathetic to the point that I feel it with the characters and I can't deal. It doesn't calm me down. And one of the reasons I watch things like Friends or those late night binge shows when I'm trying to go sleep is to calm myself down. I know it's going to happen. Things are fine. I'm going to laugh a little bit and relax. I don't want to feel uptight like, oh, God, don't do that. Don't say that. Don't go there. But they always do. Um, and then I don't like when people work together and they don't get along <laughs> like that. That makes me anxious, too. It, and it's very a very specific thing that makes me anxious as somebody who works in a professional setting where people have to get along, work in a guild where our officer team has to get along there. It's very uncomfortable for me to see a team that doesn't gel. 
However, I've been told that further into the series you go, the more gelling happens and there's actually some warmth that is, and I, I should probably let myself get there. However, I really, really like Parks and Rec, which kind of starts in that cynical place, but very quickly realizes that that's not their beat and moves into this really warm, fuzzy, crunchy place that I really, really liked all the way through the series with, with very likable characters. A lot of the characters I felt like in Office weren't likable, all the characters in Parks and Rec are just like teddy bear likable. To me, if I'm gonna like this, I'm gonna need the characters to be likable and not just people that make me feel uncomfortable. Based on the trailers, stills, and plot details that we've gotten, what are you actually hoping to see in this series? I'm, I'm hoping to see something smart. Um, the Office was a smart comedy. And granted, I know we shouldn't be comparing it to The Office. It it hasn't compared itself to The Office, so that's not entirely fair. But that was one of the best things about, or is one of the best things about Steve Carell's comedy, is that it's smart. It is intelligent. And um, there are a lot of elements to his comedy that um, make you kind of think, oh, well, you know, there, there's there might actually be something to this. Yes, this guy is an idiot or... You know, this this situation is ridiculous or the predicament that these characters find themselves in is entirely of their own making because of their flaws. But it's not outlandish. This this could be real. This could actually happen. And I'm really hoping that they take this to examine the the duality of, quote, Space Force in the very serious implications and the need for this element of the military, I, I'm 100% behind it as a reality and the stupidity of the name. <laughs> and then potentially the reality of military life, because the truth is military life has a whole lot of comedic elements to it. And I really hope they explore those rather than simply, you know, go the 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 dumb route that, that I talked about earlier. I... I just hope to laugh. <laughs> I mean, I do. I, I'm, I'm excited to see some people that I like. Um, obviously, Steve Carell is one of them, and um, John Ralphio. What's his real name? And <laughs> uh, it can't be Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz, who played John Ralphio in Parks and Rec. Um, obviously, Lisa Kudrow. Love her. So I, my hope is that people that usually do make me laugh are going to get together and make a show that makes me laugh. Lisa Kudrow was um, Phoebe, right? Oh, my God. Yes. She was okay. Phoebe. <laughs> okay. She's very funny. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to this cast. I hope they pull it off, man. I hope it's smart. Can you guys imagine like documentary type series like this, but for like a fantasy universe? Like the Guild, have you seen that on YouTube? I have. I have. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, I like the Guild too. That's that's funny. I almost had to make a bleep. Space Force is set to release its entire first season in one fell swoop on Netflix on May 29th. If you'd like us to talk more about it after it's released here on the podcast, let us know in the YouTube comments or on Twitter. There are few things that truly bring light dark times. 
good entertainment, good friends, and of course, good food. We've asked our listeners and Soakin community members to submit some of their own quarantine recipes for us to talk about. So today, we're going to take a look. If you're watching our YouTube release, we'll have the rest posted on screen for you to take a look at in case you'd like to try them for yourselves. If you're on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or another audio-only format, uh... Sorry! I blame Phil. So our first recipe is from Risasa from the Divine Conclave with the BEST, in all caps, chocolate chip cookies. I, I've actually had a conversation with Rosasa about the best chocolate chip cookies. And because we're both, she and I are both fans of uh, BA's Test Kitchen on the YouTube. And there are some fantastical chocolate chip cookies on that side as well. So I would not be surprised if this was an actually fantastic version of, uh, of a chocolate chip cookie. I am a man who loves a chocolate chip cookies i i am a connoisseur i love them so much i have if there's one in a room i'm gonna try it out i mean even if it's a store-bought i'm not super particular but there's really nothing like a homemade chocolate chip cookie and i'm reading over this recipe and it looks a lot like one of my favorite recipes that i use um i would say to, to brown the butter i got that from being test kitchen but um yeah this looks pretty banging Two sticks of butter and uh, two teaspoons worth of vanilla extract, and all right, sold. Yeah, it's a good one. And it's the, uh, she, she says here that she uses semi-sweet, but milk chocolate works too. Let me give you a heads up. If you're making cho chocolate chip cookies, go with the semi-sweet. It's going to do you better. You guys are nerds. We like food, Leo. Oh, Leo, don't tell me you're not going to have any opinions on any of the desserts. No, if you go to the next one, I'll have some opinions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Thank you, Rasasa, who also submitted a couple of other recipes that we don't have the time to go over personally, but all of them look pretty good to me. One of them is taco pie. You're going to want to go look. All right, our second submission is from Cal from the Shadow Syndicate. Uh... Yeah, all right. <laughs> so, as a connoisseur, <laughs> let me just say, um, Cal put it put together this recipe. Um, those of you who are on YouTube, are, uh, yes, it's <laughs> it's called the drink. Um, uh, I'll read it. We're not going to be able to go through all these because some of these recipes are rather complicated. This one isn't, so I'll read it for you. <clears throat> one bottle of is it called lagavaline lagavaline that right lagavaline? i just always say lagavaline lagavaline at room temperature one clean short glass directions pour lagavaline into the glass drink and enjoy mm. and lagavulin lagavulin lagavuline lagavuline oh boy it's a scotch and let me say, I'm down. Cal, good recipe. And and easy enough that a child could make it. <laughs> In fact, oh boy. maybe I've tra trained my children to make it. <laughs> Not that I would tell CPS I did that, but, you know, maybe that's the truth. So can Community Podcast. <laughs> Advocating up all since, well, it's best we didn't say. 
<laughs> well, you named three things that are important for a pandemic. You said entertainment, friends, and food. Alcohol. Let me let me stress that. Alcohol provides all three. <laughs> oh boy! All right, our next submission is another Divide Conclave member. Um, Ovalo's family noodles, corned beef, and tomatoes, which is apparently a recipe made by his great grandmother. We love Ofalo, or as he likes to be called, Ofawo. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but he does. Anyway, he does. So this oh, I looks, hate that. This looks fascinating. I've never ever in my life, I don't think, had anything like this. Um, these these are not foods that I generally put together, but it's it's pasta shells with two cans of corned beef. I didn't even know it came in cans, first off. And then two cans of diced tomatoes. Uh, it says same as corned beef, but tomatoey. And so you just kind of mix it all together. The pasta's got to be al dente, he says. Um, but man, that's a fascinating little combo you got there. And it sounds really easy to make as well. I like corned beef. I like tomatoes and I like noodles. I don't know that I would not like this. I think I've seen something similar at one point, but it was like drowned in cheese. He says that you can freeze this and it refrigerates very well. So meal prep, guys. Family noodles. Put it in a Tupperware. Freeze them up. Pull them out one day a week. All right. Next up is Cree. I think I'm pronouncing that one right. Uh, from the Invictus Imperium. And they have titled this one, I've got canned foods and a craving lazy burrito bowls. So one of the things that I really liked about um, this particular recipe is that it really does have a whole bunch of canned foods in it. And for anyone who's related to a prepper, who knows a prepper, who loves a prepper, who may be a prepper, you got food in cans. So this kind of thing is fantastic. Um, one of the cooler things about it, too, is that much like a follows recipe above, um, it also refrigerates and reheats very, very well. So don't be afraid. Oh, let me read this. So don't be afraid of having a bit extra for another day. Meal prep, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you, there is nothing more satisfying than waking up and knowing that you've got lunch in the fridge and all you got to do is microwave it few joys of adulthood leftovers oh man my kids hate that word but it's so good i don't so really good. like leftovers myself get out of here jace <laughs> all right next up is a submission from zally zally spice cake and they do clarify that it's the legal spices there from one of our star wars guilds from the elysium tell oh so it's not like spice from dune either which that's was what i legal, thought but... dune yeah no they're the, the spice mines of Kessel are, are from Star Wars, but I was thinking Dune. By the way, I really want that to be on a podcast in the future. Dune with Timothy Chalamet, who is everything. Moving forward. Zally's Spice Cake, Focus guys. on a different kind of snack, Jace. <laughs> it's hard for me. <laughs> Zally's uh. Spice Cake. If you like spice cakes, this one looks like the real deal. It's got all the stuff in there. The cinnamon, the ginger, the nutmeg, the cloves. It's all it's all happily uh, mixed into your cake mixins. I love a spice cake. I do like a spice cake with a uh, like a cream cheese frosting, perhaps. Um, but this this looks like a, a pretty solid one. It's got uh, buttermilk or applesauce for your wet, <laughs> which that never sounded grosser. But 
I'm I'm down with trying either one of those, buttermilk or applesauce. Both cook very well and add lots of moisture to a cake. I appreciate the adaptability. I appreciate all of Jace's innuendos. <laughs> what do you what do you mean? <laughs> Right. Up next is another from the Divine Conclave. Apparently you guys have a lot of people to cook. We like food. It's our way. Oh, prepare the way to the kitchen. All right. <laughs> That's a good one. That is good. All right, so this one is Kibas. I think I'm pronouncing it. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, and they have titled theirs Mo Nachos Con Queso. You know, we read so many of these names. And we don't hear them a whole lot. Right. I'm, I, I say Kivas. I say Kivas. Okay. I'm, I'm not actually sure. Anywho, that's not the point of this. The point of these are the mo nachos con queso. So my favorite part of this recipe is its simplicity. Your ingredients are ground beef, queso, which for those of you who don't speak Espanol, it's cheese taco seasoning and tortilla chips and my goodness the instructions are simple it's just brilliant in its simplicity one of the things is take ground beef brown the hell out of it then stir it properly to continue browning add in the taco seasoning add in queso stir and let simmer for about 20 minutes um jace do you know how to make holy water holy water no yep you boil, boil the hell out of it. The hell out of it. Well, apparently that's how you make queso and beef, is you brown the absolute hell out of it. Um, but then there is I actually care about you version that has way more specific ingredients and instructions, and it sounds absolutely delicious. So I can't wait to actually try this. In fact, um, one of the ways to my wife's heart that I learned early on is queso. And um, I'm going to do this. Maybe for our anniversary. And man, the brownie points are going to come rolling in. I got to say, nachos are one of my absolute favorite foods. Um, the actually care about you version is one that I would love to try out. It looks fantastic. I don't know what a jar of queso is in the original version. Um, and I'm from South Texas. Have you not been in the aisle? of an H-E-B and seen... Okay, like but there's the... different sizes. Yeah, but they're pretty... I don't know. They're, they're kind of standard. The jars that are all lined up along the the, the shelves. The jar. Anyone who eats that queso out of the jar does not deserve to walk Look, this planet. <laughs> I, I have eaten those jars in a sitting and regretted life choices afterwards, but it's so good. Ew. Oh. <sighs> He also so gave good. us a chili recipe, but we unfortunately don't have time to go over that one. So next up is from Rose from D&D. Rose! And she has given us a recipe for lamb meatballs. Who now that's adventurous. I don't eat a lot of lamb. I'm going to admit that right off the top. Um, but this look, and I was just going to say, I think you usually eat, eat lamb with mint. And sure enough, <laughs> it's right there in the recipe. But check this out. It's a gluten-free recipe. You take your ground up lamb. You, you take your snack-sized box of, wait, raisins, what? A small box of fresh mint. She says you can see those in Walmart. And then your alcohol of choice. Now, yo, alcohol of choice, that's a—that's quite a, a, a 
wide spread of choices there. I'll, I'll choose gin, I guess, because it's my fave. Um, but you soak the raisins in in the gin. She used bourbon. Orange liqueur, she says, is pretty good, which I, that sounds pretty banging. Honestly, think about it. Orange liqueur soaked raisins. I might just snack on those someday. Um, then you mix it all together, make them into little meatball-y stuffs, cook them up. This recipe is something that, that you might want to try. It, it, it says here you may want to try uh, yogurt tahini sauce with it. I would imagine that's probably really, really good. Um, but if you're if you're going for the gluten-free, you're going to watch out for those gluten additives. So you can make a, a gluten-free tahini, evidently. All right. Our next recipe is from Zell Levana, also of the Invictus Imperium. And she has given us Mexican street corn. And I will let one of you pronounce that. <laughs> Elotes? Does that sound right? I love it. It wasn't me this time. Yeah, no, mm. I I think that is how you say it. I, I I get that often. I I have to say, I have had some street corn um, in Matamoros when I was in college. They got witches down for down spring there. break. Well, they got more than witches down there. Um, my my buddies were pretty confident. We had some interesting stuff when we got some food from a bunch of the street vendors and stuff anywho the street corn was absolutely to die for it was fantastic yeah, yeah. and if this is reminiscent of any of that i have to say this is a recipe that i would endorse 100 there is one ingredient however um, that i must criticize and I, I'm a weirdo in my own family. I don't like cilantro. I knew you were going to say cilantro oh. because you and I are like opposite sides <laughs> of the same coin. And I love cilantro so much. Well, you can be wrong, but it's okay. You're wrong a lot of the time. It's I knew fine. you were going to say fine. cilantro. It's, but cilantro tastes like soap. It's really gross. It's um, delicious. So it's actually one of the reasons when I was younger, I thought I really disliked just all Mexican food. And I later learned, nope, it, it, I love Mexican food. Everything I've had, I've really enjoyed, with the exception of those things that include cilantro. So if you don't like cilantro, simply take that out of this recipe, and I bet you this will be mouth-watering and life-changing. So for those that don't like cilantro, you can actually use a parsley um, in place of cilantro for some recipes. There's no re No, don't even try to replace it. No, cilantro is gross. <laughs> it's gone. It's out of your thing. You don't well, even need the green. I have learned that there is a genetic difference between people who don't do and don't like it. And you, I think, I don't remember which one of us is more evolved. Probably me. But there is literally <laughs> something in your in your genetic makeup that makes you taste soap in that cilantro, whereas people who don't have that genetic malfunction actually taste the real cilantro flavor. It's genetic. Hey, me and my I, mother I are also in that category, so watch your mouth, good sir. It's like y'all are holdovers from like Neanderthal or something. I mean we all probably have some neanderthal in us there's there's just no denying no that. i genuinely but, do um cilantro is gross it's okay to be wrong jace um i i will say along this along the same i make a side dish that's like this it's actually not on the cob when i make i I'm, certainly have had it on the cob as well and i love it um but if you make a very similar recipe to this but use either can or a fresh shucked corn off of the cob and then put a little chopped bacon in it's a really nice side dish, like for the holidays. Ooh, that sounds good. Um, but Zell's recipe here looks fantastic. Um, 
Everything about it is just mouth-watering. Take out that cilantro, it'd be perfect. Mm. Or include it if you're genetically deficient. <laughs> okay. All right, on to our final recipe that has been submitted, and this is from Sil specifically, and it is what he calls a Ruski burger. Ruski burger. And it's, it's, it's your basic burger here at the top. You're not going to hear anything strange right here. Beef patty. Okay. We knew. Um, brioche roll bun, which is a very specific choice. And if that's part of the recipe, I would suggest you do it. So if somebody says use sourdough on this, use sourdough. If somebody says use a, uh, a, a poppy seed bun or an onion roll, use what they tell you. And he says brioche is the way to go. So do it. Um, garlic. And here's where it gets Russian, you guys. The Russian spicy mustard known as garchitsa. But I think I said it Italian-y, so what's garchitsa? <laughs> you did say it very Italian. <laughs> no, garchitsa. That's how it's rusky. Um, pepper jack cheese and then whatever assorted <laughs> burger toppings that you you like to go on your burger you can put those on there as well um he is a nut and says medium rare for a beef patty which i do not advise fully cook your meat you have what? to have a beef not steak but ground beef you need that you're out of cooked. control you're out of control nobody eats medium rare ground beef unless they want stomach worms um pop a pepper jack cheese on it <laughs> Rub the garlic on the bun. Garchitsa it as well. Pepper jack on the bottom of the bun if you're feeling superior than all of your uh, burger toppings. And there you go. Okay, he, he says here that ketchup is acceptable, but not ideal. Um, <laughs> we already established you're not a six-year-old, quote, unquote. And then it says, eat that, Borg. I assume resistance is futile. A six-year-old also makes their burgers well done. You're not supposed to eat ground beef any other way than fully cooked. Now, steak, give it to me rare. Oh, which <laughs> or, which or one of us was a cook rare. at Waffle House, Jace? I was a cook at Johnny Carino's. Oh, okay. Well, I was a cook at Waffle House. All right, <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got me beat. But I made lots of medium rare burgers, and they're fantastic. Yeah, but there were probably truckers who were coming through there, right? Who probably didn't get a full education, and they don't know that that can give them stomach worms. What a take on Waffle House's clientele. Sill <laughs> <laughs> has also requested that uh, we inform people that if you are lame, you do not have to involve the garlic. Well, that's how you tell if your um, guest is a vampire. Yeah, I so put for our Invictus and Purian folks. I love garlic. It's making me wish that I had added, like, I don't know, I have an orange chicken recipe, and my mom's got a snickerdoodle cheesecake. Those both sound delicious. Yep. Can't complain. I have a real easy candy recipe. Here you go. You get those pretzels that are like the the braided ones, just the little ones that kind of fit in the palm of your hand tiny. You get Rolos, and you get pecans. You got to toast up your pecans, though. Put them in the oven. Let those oils develop a little bit. Get your Rolos nice and soft on parchment paper. Smash down the pretzel on top of it, and then smash the... The pecan on that, it makes a really nice candy. And it's super easy. Rolos are banging. Alternatively, just buy a pack of Skittles. Yeah, I'm not going to complain there. I have a big one right in front of me. Also some Skittles. What, one of my favorite recipes, actually, for this um, uh, for the quarantine is very similar to Cal's. Uh, there's a gin called Beef Eater. I recommend that. And then a clean uh, shot glass. And then you fill the glass with the beef eater gin. Done. 
Our producer says that Jen is gross. I Our like producer Jen. is wrong. Just like Jason, his cilantro. Okay. Cilantro is great. Fully cooked beef is great. Jen is Very... good as well. Ugh, food is always such a contentious topic. Thank you, everyone, for not submitting something about pineapple on pizza because I want to survive. Anyway, hopefully our listeners get to try some of these recipes out and will enjoy them. If you do give any of these recipes a shot at home, please send us a picture on Twitter with the hashtag SoakinSnacks. Or use the same hashtag if you'd like to share a recipe of your own that's been keeping you sane during this quarantine. Hashtag S-O-K-A-N capital S-N-A-C-K-S. All right, fellas. It's tea time. Today's question is simple. In honor of us being unable to do any traveling for a while, we're going to fantasize. Describe your dream vacation. I was very, very lucky um, many years ago to be able to go on a vacation with um, my in-laws, my wife's extended family. We actually got on a cruise that went up to Alaska and it was during the summer so um, relatively speaking it was quote warm for the region uh, and i have to say it's I, i've also been very fortunate been able to go on a couple of other cruises to other areas i've traveled a lot i've i've been to the vacation destination of iraq and i do have to say um, that trip to alaska has been the favorite place i have i've been um, the the weather was awesome granted yes it was summer my wife reminds me of that all the time when i reminisce about alaska <laughs> but the the kind of stuff that you see there just the the wildlife was fantastic the the gorgeous scenery the um the weather itself was just awesome everything about it was right up my alley now it's also true I'm a super pasty white dude, so the idea of sitting out in the sun in the Bahamas is not my cup of tea. So um, there's that. But man, it was really just, it was gorgeous. It was untouched, brilliant nature. And, and I very much would like to do that again. Virginal, if you will. Um, my dream, so... <laughs> Let uh, I guess we're going to put it to rewind because my dream vacation is not nearly as grown up as Leo's. <laughs> I it's an easy question for me because I've been planning this dream vacation for a few months now, but I am extremely looking forward to going to the Galactic Star Cruiser, which will be opening up at Disney World Parks. <clears throat> this is like a completely immersive space cruise uh, in the Star Wars universe. And I plan to completely nerd out and cosplay the whole time. I'm not a cosplayer. I've never done that sort of thing. I'm not. A, I'm not even really a Halloween fan, which is, I know that's a gay sin. But I'm so excited to put on some Jedi garb, and like they they put you in this pod and it blasts you up into space. And then once you're on this, in it's actually a hotel. But when you're inside, there's like a full adventure that happens that you live through over the course of three days. There's no windows to outside. Every window is actually like a view screen of you poured out into space and you can watch yourself traveling. Um, they actually drop you off for an excursion at the galaxy's edge. You know, you spend a day there for part of it. You learn how to do like, you can become a Jedi. You can learn how to shoot the cannons, the lasers. 
and defend the ship when that needs to happen. I'm so stoked about this vacation and I cannot wait for it to happen. And COVID-19 has ruined my plans because I don't know if there's, this hasn't been totally built yet, but this looks like an incredible place. You have a crew cabin. So like you can room with, you know, solo or up to five people in your, in your cabin. And it is le legit like spending the, the weekend in Star Wars. And I am stoked. And a, and a man who loves his burgers well done <laughs> definitely taking it back a few years <laughs> so one i thought you said that you could room with solo instead of rooming on your own um and that was a very different reaction oh, yeah, uh, a different reaction for me too Hubba. and second your dream vacation is a star wars alert yes and honestly yes. same it uh, really is. I'm in a podcast with nerds. I'd love to say I'm not that guy, but evidently I am. If it was a Lord of the Rings LARP now, <laughs> you'd have me. <laughs> you can go to like New Zealand and do that whole Shire experience. Oh man, don't think that hasn't crossed my mind. <laughs> Going to Hobbiton in New Zealand? Yeah, oh man. <laughs> For sure. How would you play a dwarf though? You're too tall. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'd have to, I don't know. I'd you could do like Farquad, yeah, like Farquad on the stage show of Shrek. <laughs> oh, that okay. Let me rescind my dream vacation. <laughs> I'm gonna go to New Zealand. <laughs> T, what's yours? Ah, right. Okay. Um. So, uh, <laughs> normally I just say uh, I'd like to stay home for a while and that's my vacation but uh Ooh, mine too for true <laughs> so i don't know um i've done a cruise before not an alaskan one um one of the more common bahama type um and i have been to europe i've been to ireland like i've talked about before and both of those were really fun and really great experiences but well all right, yeah, okay. For a dream vacation, I would combine the two. I'd do a transatlantic cruise, backpack around Europe, and then cruise on back. Ew, backpack? Like, walk around? Whoa, man. That's okay, intense. Okay, I mean, like, I probably couldn't do that anymore now, and you don't have to walk the entire time. Europe has trains way more than we do. An Uber, I hope. They do also have Uber. In fact, uh, one of those countries coined the, the word Uber. <laughs> oh dear <laughs> while you are also free to tweet at us about your dream vacation if you'd like to submit a tea time question podcast head on over to soakinggaming.com forward slash media and find the submission bar on the right hand side of the page thank you everyone for tuning in to this hungry boys episode of the podcast for more Soakin Media, you can visit us at SoakinGaming.com slash SoakinMedia, follow our Twitter at SoakinGaming, and subscribe to our YouTube, the Soakin Gaming Community, and look for future episodes of the podcast on Google Podcasts and iTunes. Remember, the recipes that we've discussed today are posted up on our community forums, and you can also see them in on screen if you are watching the YouTube release of this podcast episode. Until next time, I've been T. I is Jace. I was and am and remain Leo. We'll see you next week. Stay hungry, Soken. Stay snacky, Soken. <laughs> Stay drinky, Soken. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you for listening to the Sokin Community Podcast. Craving more? Visit us on Twitter and YouTube at Sokin Gaming, as well as our website, www.sokingaming.com. Until next time, stay classy. Right, Jace?